AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you. And treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Welcome to episode 260. We'll talk to Richie McDonald of Lone Star. And when amazed hit from Lone Star, just how crazy it was. Also, unbelievable 90s country facts you didn't know. And CMA predictions with Chuck Wicks. So, should be pretty good. Let's start like we always do, or most times. Let's do my new music top five. At number five, Luke Laird released another new song from his upcoming album. This one's called That's Why I Don't Drink Anymore. I was on my way to hell, only thinking about myself. That's why I don't drink anymore. Luke Laird, big time songwriter who now has decided to put out some music himself. So I have that at number five. Tyler Rich released his debut album called 2000 Miles. Here's a new song called Feels Like Home. Kelsey Ballerini announced a new stripped album called Ballerini. It's coming out September 11th. She said she removed the polish and production and just focused on the, 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 the lyrics and the voice. Here is the stripped version of Club that's out now. But I don't want to go to the club. Oh, I don't want to watch everybody around me trying to hook up and say stuff they don't mean. Get drunk and get cheap. And the number one for me is Adam Hambrick. He released his first Flipside project, a friend of the podcast. This is called Top Down Southbound. Well, that's what the project's called. The song's called Sunshine State of Mind. She's my sunshine state of mind. Her baby my sky. So that's my top five this week. Lauren Elena has a new EP coming out. It's out now, I guess, called Getting Over Him. Carly Pierce has a new song called Next Door or Next Girl. Uh, Carolina Story has a new album called Dandelion. Big Sean has a new album called Detroit 2. B-52's Live at U.S. Festival. Billy Ocean and One World. Mm, it's about it as far as the music comes out. So I saw this article on theboot.com. Unbelievable 90s country facts you definitely didn't know. Now some of them, I'm going to know, you're going to know Eddie's here by the way. Yeah. Because we're such 90s country mm-hmm. fans. Love it. But it's pretty funny to read some of this stuff. The 90s, uh, I'll read some of what they wrote here. The 90s changed everything about country music. Garth Brooks, Shania Twain, Alan Jackson, George Strait. But it's some of the facts that they share. You ready? Yeah. Keith Urban makes an appearance in the music video for Alan Jackson's 1993 hit Mercury Blues. He was also the road guitarist for Brooks and Dunn prior to becoming Keith Urban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's playing guitar in the video, right? I don't know. I didn't know this. I feel like I've seen this video, and he's one of the guitar players in the video. What I remember most about this was Home Improvement, because Alan Jackson went on Home Improvement and did this song on Tool Time. <laughs> right. I remember that. And I know every word to the song. I don't think so, Tim. Probably because of that. Lone Star's hit Amazed 
was written as writers Amy Mayo and Chris Lindsay were falling in love with each other. Mayo says their feelings started pouring out as they were writing the famous love ballad. Oh my. With the, they're writing it together. Wow. I have I'm, trouble I'm, sharing my feelings in words sometimes. Can you imagine writing a song lyrically? And what if one of them writes a little more passionately than the other? <laughs> the other one's just not into it's it. It's like, well, you don't love me as much? <laughs> In 1998, Trisha Yearwood and Leanne Rimes both received Grammy nominations for their individual versions of How Do I Live. Rimes performed the song at the Grammys, and then right after she performed, she stood off stage because that was the and the winner is, and Trisha Yearwood won. Crazy. There was a whole Con Air fight about that song. Yeah. Where they had asked... Trisha, I believe. Trisha to do it for the movie, and then because Leanne, Leanne had already done it. Yeah, but what? But Leanne did it for the movie first, right? And they did. I'm not using it. Yeah, they went with Trisha. So they that? had both versions. Crazy. In the same category. Do they hate each other because of that, or are they just kind of like whatever? It's over. It. I don't know. I. Because we've talked to Trisha about this, right? Yeah. We she didn't seem like it was just too bothered by well, it. Well, she also won. <laughs> okay, that's probably why. She also won the Grammy. <laughs> and you, I think what she said was she remembers Leanne doing the performance, and that category is right after the performance, and then that's when you know you're about to win because mm-hmm. your category is right after you perform. And so they just expected her to win, and then boom. That Leanne Rimes was in the movie, right? Not Trisha. Pretty sure it was Trisha. I can check it. So I barely remember this as a kid. But yeah, that's an uncomfortable thing. We'll come back to that. Little known facts about Chris Gaines, who is Garth Brooks' alter mm-hmm. ego. Chris Gaines was in a teen pop group called Crush, and he spent two years undergoing plastic surgery to repair his face after a violent 1992 car crash. Really? Is Chris Gaines on, on streaming services? He's nowhere. I would Not think, even on YouTube. I would think because it's all Garth. Doesn't Garth just keep that to Garth? I actually like the Chris Gaines stuff. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a whole part in this in that Garth documentary that I watched on Netflix. Um, there's a whole segment on it where where they're talking about Chris Gaines. And Trisha Yearwood is just protecting it and defending it as hard as she can, saying, like, all you guys that hate on Chris Gaines, you've got, you're stupid because you didn't listen to Chris Gaines. It was amazing. I remember liking it. <laughs> and then everybody hating on it and being like, what? Yeah. And he did Saturday Night Live as Garth and Chris Gaines. It was that. just confusing for a fan yep, that was a Garth fan. you have to explain fan. it. Yeah. If you have to explain it, you're not going to get what they want you to get from it. And that's what Garth said. That was the problem with it. It was just, it was too much of an inside thing for us and we didn't market it right. Well, it was going to be a movie. Correct. And that. that fell through and then it just ended up being the music they were going to make for the movie. Yeah. Mike, did you find the Leanne Rhymes stuff? Yeah, it was Trisha Yearwood in the movie at the end. So we- what happened with Leanne Rhymes then? They initially went to her to record it. She recorded it, and then they went with Trisha's version. Mm. Dirty. That hurts, man. Dina Carter's strawberry wine was inspired by Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill flavor. Gosh, dude, I know you didn't drink in high school. You don't drink now. But, man, in high school, that Boone's Farm, that was the easiest to buy, and that's what everyone drank. Numerous people passed on the song to record it, including Trisha Yearwood. Speaking of Trisha. She was like, eh, not for me. Wow, what a, what a smash. Crazy, huh? Early on, Billy Ray Cyrus was dogged by rumors that he used to be a Chippendale dancer. Dude, I think I remember that rumor. It wasn't true. <laughs> but he was so good looking. Well, you believe it. Like, that's a great thing to have as a bad rumor about you. That you're a Chippendale dancer? You got to be, like, ripped and hot to do that. Okay, three dudes here talking about this, but I'll ask you, like, right now, current country artist, who would be a, who, who would fit that rumor? Chippendale dancer? Yeah. <laughs> Sam, maybe. Sam was. Sam Hunt. Um uh, Keith. Couldn't Keith be one? He's a little too small, okay. I think. Okay. What about Dirks? No. A little too small? No, just doesn't have like to be a Chippendale dancer, you gotta be almost cartoonly ripped. Okay. And Keith is thin and in good shape, but <laughs> like me, I'm thin and in good shape, but I'm not cartoonly yeah. ripped all or right, anything. All right. Uh Sam. Maybe like that Riley Green. Oh, he, that's that who dude, I was thinking. That dude's ripped. Yeah, ripped and just like. All right, just leave it there, Mike. Mass. Or like a Dustin, Dustin Lynch, maybe? I don't okay, know. I see that, though. I do see that. Dustin Lynch kind of plays it off then. Short career as a Chippendale dancer back in Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> uh, George Strait tried to get the name of his movie Pure Country changed. To? Because he believed it was more than just a country film. Wow. It obviously 
didn't work. No. Uh, great movie, by the way. Uh, man, I haven't, I've seen it once oh. in a long time ago. So good. Why? It's just it's quotable. Is he good in it? No, he's terrible. Okay. He, he's not a good actor, but just the storyline and having George in there, it's so good. Garth Brooks' 1991 hit, The Thunder Rolls, was originally recorded by Tanya Tucker. She didn't release it. Brooks included it on No Fences, but fans would have to wait seven years to purchase a version with a third verse. Do you know where the third verse is? Of course. Where? Every, what, what do you mean? Like, what is it? Do you know where you can hear it? Oh, no. Um, you can do it. In a music video? No. Brooks included it on No Fences, which yeah, is where we heard it sure. first. But the third verse wasn't in this version. Oh. Where did we get to hear it first? Live. We That's heard right. it live. Is it Central Park or what was it? Mm-hmm. The Double I record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York. Every light is burning. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. What are you talking about? The third verse. Oh, I don't know. Okay. That's where she shoots him. Or he, sh- yeah, he shoots her. Willie Nelson's 1992 album, The IRS Tapes, Who Will Buy My Memories? was recorded to help settle his massive tax debt and was originally only available through phone order. <laughs> back in the day. Uh-huh. Uh, I got great reviews from critics. He was able to pay a bunch of his debt back. How awesome is that? You owe a lot of money to, to, to the government. Let me just make an album real quick and we'll just take care of it. Alan Jackson's Chattahoochee was inspired by a book about the Chattahoochee River and Sidney Lanier's poem, Song of the Chattahoochee. Come on, something interesting. Is it is it the same storyline of just know. like a lot it's, of living, live by love? <laughs> as long as there's a snow cone in there, I feel good. <laughs> they talk about yeah, great no. snow cone. Originally, Garth Brooks hit the dance had a very different set of lyrics. Writer Tony Arada said that those were lost in a move and never re- recovered. Oh wow! The version fans know today was inspired by the movie Peggy Sue Got Married. Wow! The original, he doesn't even know where they are anymore. Crazy. That's I like those, man. Those are good. Yeah. And most of them I didn't know. I'd kind of heard a little stuff about mm-hmm. it, but really didn't know there. All right, there you go. And that's why that was the motivation as to our guest this week. On right now, Richie McDonald, lead singer of Lone Star. Hey, Richie, how's it going? Good. How you doing this morning? Hey, pretty good. Where are you at right now? I'm in Murfreesboro, Tennessee at home. When you go out to a restaurant, and let's just say you're going to go to Olive Garden or Red Lobster, wherever you're going to go for the night, anybody ever come up to the table and go, Hey, Richie from Lone Star. I got this soup and salad covered. They used to before I had to start wearing a mask, but now they don't recognize me. <laughs> That's true. The mask does <laughs> stop a lot of people knowing who you are, I bet. Yeah, I think so, I, you know, because it kind of uh, cuts off half the face. But if people recognize you by your eyes, I guess, you know, <clears throat> they're pretty good. You know, we were talking about, you know, how big Lone Star was as a band, but really whenever it comes to Amazed. And at the time, I was a teenager, and I had I was working in Arkansas. I was working in pop radio, and... The song was was massive on the pop side of things, but now that I'm over in the you know in country, living in Nashville, and I have a lot of friends that have songs that are country that, that cross over, I can see it from beginning to end, from when it starts as a country song on country radio and just continues to build momentum. What I'm curious about is kind of the ride of that song from when you put it out. Did you feel like you had a pretty good shot at a country hit, and then how it slowly snowballed? You know, it's crazy uh, looking back and thinking. Uh, how that song was pitched to us in a, you know, over at BNA Records in a song meeting, and you know the A&R department was just really passionate about it, and um, we kind of got on board, and, and no, we never had any idea. Once we recorded it, we thought it was a very passionate song, a song that you know people could relate to, a, a love song. Um, we've always had great success with the ballads, but um, you know once we saw. So it started climbing the charts. Um, we had no idea what it was going to do, you know, go on to be, shoot, I don't remember, eight or nine weeks on the country charts and then crossed over to the pop. You know, at one point, uh, there were so many different mixes of, of Amaze, Bobby. There were uh, contemporary, hot contemporary. I mean, I was driving home from Nashville one day, and I kid you not, I heard a dance mix. You know, the four, the four. <laughs> every little thing that you do, so and that, that kick drum was just beating nineties nothing. I'm thinking, well, I wonder where that came from. But you know, it took on a life of its own. It really did. When that song was just rocking, and you know, because I was reading a story about how it was obviously the number one country song forever, but it was the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. 
which was the first country song to do that since Islands in the Streams in 1983. Like whenever it's at the top of the pop chart and you have not only a, a bigger audience in the States, but I have to figure that the international audience was starting to grow too, right? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt, it opened up a lot of doors for us. And uh, we went to Europe and, you know, a couple of times on just on the basically the strength of Amazed. Uh, it's just crazy to think a song could, you know, could be so powerful, you know, not just here, but but abroad. When you're doing this song at a, live, do you think about every show someone would propose during that song? Well, you know, we, over the years, we've had so many, so many fans and just come up to us before the show, ask if they can come on stage and, uh, you know, propose. Uh, yeah, so it's happened. It's happened a lot. So I, I would imagine, you know, probably every show there's somebody out there that that loves that song. And it's, you know, they pick their, you know, perfect timing to propose to their loved one. I got to imagine there's a bunch of babies that are probably well, like, you know, 22, 23 years old now that were conceived uh, amazed? <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> you know, I took a, a brief uh, hiatus from Lone Star a few years, and while I was out, the guys were out doing the process right. And uh, Drew Carey <laughs> said that um, he called Amaze one of the, love making the songs that he'd ever heard and um that, yeah that was on that was on the prices right but that's 20 years ago uh you know we're we're celebrating 20 years of the lonely girl album the album that amaze was on so it's crazy to think you know how time flies but a song like that i don't know it's just uh it's timeless really i mean people still come to the shows to hear that song and I mean, it's just one of those classic songs, I suppose. Lone Star was founded in 1992 by you, but you were not the original lead singer. How can you be such a good singer but not be the original lead singer? Like just in, when creating a band. Okay, well, I just in case Dean Sams is listening this morning, I got to clarify that. Uh, actually, uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, typos and some of the, you know, I guess some of the information, but. Actually, Dean um, was working at Opryland, and I had moved from Texas to Tennessee, and I had tried out for Opryland a year before. We met briefly in Texas. Anyway, I saw him out at Opryland one day, and he goes, man, he goes, I'm thinking about putting a band together. So long story short, Dean actually, um, you know, it was really, you know, he wanted, you know, he he kind of ran the, you know, his time at Opryland, and he was ready to do something else, so he was actually really responsible for putting Lone Star together. John Rich was out there, um, found Michael Britt, Keith Rainwater. Uh, we had two lead singers at the time. You know, John and I were sharing responsibilities. We were kind of like a Brooks and Dunn, but a group. But the label kind of wanted us to go, you know, have a direction, and they wanted me to, you know, have the responsibilities of the lead vocals. So, anyway, um John was, you know, we shared that responsibility at one point, and then I kind of took it over, and he went on to own half of Nashville. Yeah, that's true. Half of, like, literally land and bars, John Rich now owns <laughs> half of Nashville. I assume you guys are still cool? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, John calls us to do stuff from time to time. You know, a lot of his uh, radio events, and we've done, we've been to his birthday parties, <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, you know, we still text from time to time. And the other day, he had sent us all a text. We, uh, back then, before we had a record deal, we were called Texas C. And we made this little, you know, this little tape we could sell at the shows. And John had found one in a box and took a picture of it and sent it to us. And just some old songs that we had recorded back then. But, yeah, we're still, we're still good friends. That Texas C... Seems like it would be confused because that's because you're in Tennessee, but you all oddly were Texans, right? Exactly, but I know where you're going with this. It seems hard to say or hard if I'm reading it. I would I would be like Texasy, Texasy. You know, uh, there were so many times that we'd pull up to a club, you know, or honky tonk, and you know the our name would be you know in the marquee, and it would say Texasy, or <laughs> like you said, it would be spelled Texasy, and 
this nobody could pronounce it, but and I also give Dean credit for that as well. <laughs> so who was it that that suggested Lone Star? Well, we were actually in the studio recording our first album with Don Cook and Wally Wilson. And, um, you know, word gets out that bands are in the studio looking for songs. And Costas had um, called Don Cook one morning and said, hey, he goes, I hear that, um, that, you know, the label's asking the band to change their name. And he goes, they're off in Texas. He goes, what about Lone Star? Nice. So, um, Pretty sure that's where that happened. Did uh, people think that you guys were, and I'm not sure the uh, the environment then, but you know, there's such a distinction now between Texas country and and Nashville country. Whenever Lone Star was a band, was was Texas country uh, such a definitive thing? And do they think you guys fit in that category? You know what? I don't think. I really don't think it was. Not when we started. Not like it is now. You know, I just I spent a week back in Texas. You know, last week and love Texas, where I'm from, visiting my mom doing a local TV show, but, you know, and listening to some of the uh, local stations and the Texas music that is now, it's just, it's, you know, it's its own animal, you know, but back then, um, I don't know that we were really categorized that we, just because we were from Texas and our name was Lone Star, I don't think it really put us in that category is, is Texas music, not like it is right now, because it's, like I said, it's it's got it's got its own identity and own sound, and you know it's it has its own money. Like I have friends that are Texas country artists, and they don't really have to tour outside of Texas, Oklahoma, a little bit of Arkansas, and they stay completely busy and making plenty of money. Oh, I know it. Yeah, I know it. It's uh, crazy. Lone Star's got nine number ones. I want to start 1995. This is the very first one. This is no news. Here you go. She can tell What does this song make you think about, Richie? Oh my gosh! Uh, I think I remember the first time uh, we did that video out in—I want to say it was Pegram out in that area—and um, had that old that old timey school bus, and um, <clears throat> you know, trying just trying to find extras for the for the video. There was a girl that did the girl in that video. At the time, she was 16 years old, and you know she was the one that was on the bus, just shaking it and dancing. And so that was 95. So she's like 31 now. It's crazy. Wow. Okay, let's go. Let's see. Let me roll through some of these. Come crying to me, 1997. It's a jam. 1999. Obviously, amazed. That's number three. Let me play this one. I like this one a lot, too. This is Smile from 1999. Now, here's a clip of Smile. So was this the next single after Amaze, like directly? Um, after Amaze. Same, same year. I know, it's tough, but I wonder what the, the mindset is after you have such a massive hit and it's a ballad. Do you feel like you have to chase another direction or do you go, you know what, let's dance with the girl that brought us? Well, I mean, we had some success with that at times, you know, with, uh, you know, Front Porch and Mr. Mom and a lot of the, you know, family-related songs. So I guess, yeah, sometimes you think that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't break it and try it again. But sometimes it can, uh, it can, it can backfire, you know? Yeah. I'm going to play a few more here real quick. Um, I'm already there, 2000, jam. This is just... This is probably my favorite song. I know that Amaze is the jam for most people, but being a kid that grew up on country music, like straight up, small town in Arkansas, like this song here screams Lone Star to me more than anything else. What do you think about that? Well, you know, um, I'm kind of partial to that song, and it probably is my favorite song, you know, as a songwriter and a performer, just because of what it meant to my family, how it happened with my four-year-old saying, Daddy, when you're coming home over the phone, and inspiring that song, and then for it to go on, and what it has meant to the men and women in our military. You know, they adopted back in 2001, um, you know, right around 9-11, right after 9-11, and I don't know, that song has just meant so much to so many people over the years, and uh, that has 
meant a lot to, to me. Yeah, that's a jam. All right, let me do a couple more clips here. Here's my front porch looking in from 2003. Yeah, the Jam, love that one. And 2004, here's Mr. Mom. Been crazy all day long, and it's only Monday, Mr. Mom. You know what's interesting, too, is when you guys put out Walking in Memphis, uh, it peaked at number eight, and I would have thought this song was a number one, not knowing the charts from that time, because I heard it so much. When you guys put this out, this is a pretty big song for you guys, right? Oh, absolutely. But the thing about that song is, you know, uh, for those who don't know, you know, that was a pop hit before, way before it was a country hit by us. Mark Cohn had written and recorded that song, and it was pop hit, I want to say, I don't know, what, early 80s maybe? But um, 80s, yeah. You know, we, um, we used to do it at Soundcheck, just messing around, and Joe Galani had heard us doing it one day, and he said, y'all should re-record that. And so... We did, you know. You basically just take the song and add a little still and fiddle, and there you go. All right, I got a trivia question for you. What song knocked off Amazed from the country charts after eight weeks? Uh, I want to say it was uh, a Tim McGraw song. Mm. Shelly Wright, no? single white female. Oh, Shelly Wright. <laughs> he's, still, he's still irritated at He's like, dang that Shelly Wright. No, that's okay. She's all in the family, you know. She worked out at Opryland as well with me. Yeah. Um, do you know what song later tied Lone Star Maze at eight weeks on the chart? At number one. Um, I want to... Um, Alex, I'll go with uh, Tim McGraw for 200. <laughs> it's uh, Alan Jackson and Jimmy Buffett. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. There you go. Oh. Well, let me let me finish with it with a really cool stat, and then I'm just so grateful for your time. Amaze spent 41 weeks on the country singles chart, giving it the second longest chart of any single ever. Um, it was just you know for so many people that was such a massive song, and then once you start to go through all the number ones that Lone Star had, you know you guys did so much for country music. I did see too you guys played a socially distanced show pretty recently. How was that? That was awesome. I mean, we played Orem, Utah, we went out there and did the show, and you know they. They did it by the book. Uh, you know, they did the social distancing, seating, three, you know, three chairs, six feet, two chairs. And I was, you know, honestly, it was great to play after that was our first show in six months. Our, our last show was February 27th, I think, Gulfport, Mississippi. And um, you know what? <laughs> we didn't even rehearse. And then, you know, you got to, you have the jitters when you get on stage. And, but um, and there were maybe a, a few little hiccups, but for the most part, we just got out there and we had fun. I think the fans enjoyed it, and um, it was great to be back on stage again. All right, Richie, I appreciate the time. Love your work. You can follow on Instagram, Lone Star Band Official, and hopefully, I'll see you soon, Richie. Thank you again for your time. Hey, Bobby, I, all those songs you just played, I gotta I give you a shameless plug. We re-recorded all those songs. The album's called Ten to One. It'll be out next year. Is that, okay? So, like the number ten, ten to one. Ten songs that went to number one. So it's called Ten to One. Nice. And are you re-recording them so you own the master? Well, that's that's part of it, and then also just to you know, I don't know, just kind of fresh them up, give them a. You know, they're the same song, and they're the same, you know, with maybe just a little different instrumentation, just a, I don't know, they, you just got to change it up. They can't sound exactly the same. We already did that. Well, let me know whenever that record comes out. And I'll say this, too, if you're a fan of Lone Star, whenever this record comes out, play that one so the record company's not getting all the money. We need the band. We need the writers to get the money. We need to relax with making sure all these mega corporations get the money off this music. All right, there you go. That's my, that's my shameless plug for you, too, Richie. Thanks, Bobby. All right. There he is, Richie McDonald. Richie, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. All All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So, Mike, you know that's what Taylor Swift has been rumored to be doing, right? Where it's – we're still recording, right? Yep. Where it's – you know, she left her label, Big Machine, Mm -hmm. and there was all the controversy about if she owned her masters, she didn't own her masters, and then it was, well, she's going to re-record everything, so when people go and find the songs – they click that, and so she makes the money off streams and downloads. It's the same thing there. You have these guys who are like, man, I want to make any money off our yeah. songs anymore. 
let's re-record them. The trouble with that is, though, what's hard to do is to make it sound a lot like the original. Yeah. So you got two things. You can either try as hard as you can to make it, and it's tough because the production value, the instruments, you can try to dial in and make it sound exactly like it, or you can be a little risky like they're doing and do it slightly different so when it does sound different, it's for a reason. So... With but, Taylor, that's hard because her voice has changed so much. Yeah. She has to, like... <clears throat> you wish Snapchat had a voice filter, like a, like a, the age filter? Yeah. <laughs> that they could just change your voice to be 16 again? I'd, I'd be curious to what that sounds like. Uh, yeah. That's why when he said that, I was like, aha. <laughs> uh, anyway, good to talk to those guys. And um, I think that might be the first time I've ever spoken with Richie. Oh, I've really? Seen, I've seen him play before, like the Opry, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever spent any time with him. But really nice guy. All right. There you go. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. All right, on right now is Chuck Wicks, who I'm bringing on to be the musical expert here as we talk about the CMAs. They just announced the nominations. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I was not nominated this year, but I'm doing great. Hey, have you been nominated? Uh, no, the only nomination I've ever gotten in my life was for a CMT award for Breakthrough Video of the Year, and I lost to Kelly Pickler. What a joke. Right? No, we love Kelly. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. Uh, Chuck's on. We're going to... Here's what we're going to do. The criteria are not who we want to win, but it's just who do we, if we had money and we had to bet, who do we think will win based on what we know about the voting system and the awards, okay? Okay. That way that gets us out of trouble with having to pick friends, because I would pick my friends in some of these, even though I don't think they'll win, you know? Right, even though they're not that good, right? Yeah, yeah, even though they're terribly (laughs) untalented. Yes. Okay, so uh, we're going to start with Entertainer of the Year. Let's start with a little clip from Eric Church. Here you go. I'm having a record year. Luke Combs, also in the mix there. Miranda Lambert. Carrie Underwood. And finally, Keith Urban. All right, Chuck Wicks, who do you think will win. Not who deserves it. I have to say this to myself. I'm not even talking to you. But who do you think will win the award? I think it's long overdue. I think Eric Church is going to win this award. Okay. I think Carrie wins because I think people felt like she got screwed over last year, and that is going to affect the vote this year. I think she Dan and Shades this award, where people think she should have won last year, so they're like, oh, crap, we can't forget her this year. So... That's my pick. Mike, are you keeping notes on these? I'm keeping them here. Because Chuck and I bet $1,000 on this. Okay, I'll have all the notes. Except unless I lose and there was never a real bet. Changes. Okay. 
<laughs> a female vocalist, and we don't need all the clips on this one, but here is Miranda Lambert, Ashley McBride, Marin Morris, Casey Musgraves, and Carrie Underwood. Wow. You want me to go first? Yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Miranda Lambert because of Bluebird because it was it went so it went well for her. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Miranda too. She is the the voters, the critics' darling, and rightfully so in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Miranda as well. I don't think she'll win Entertainer, but I think she will win Female Vocalist. But it'll be weird because Carrie, I think, is gonna win Entertainer, even though she doesn't win Female Vocalist. Which Entertainer is the, technically the big one anyway? It is. She'll be happy. Yeah, she'll yep. be happy. All right, let's go to Male Vocalist of the Year: Eric Church, Luke Combs, Thomas Rhett, Chris Stapleton, and Keith Urban. Male Vocalist of the Year. Uh, Luke Combs. Luke Combs, strong. That's a strong pick. Yeah. And I could definitely see where Luke Combs should win Entertainer of the Year because he had the biggest year. However, I think that he'll win male vocalist because people go, man, I can't give him Entertainer, but we should give him the the second place award, which is male vocalist of the year. Chris Stapleton is the guy he's got to beat, but I think he can do that, right? Well, Yeah, he came out with the song a little too late. you got to realize people are voting like Chris Stapleton just came out with a song, but all the votes were already in by then. Yeah, but Chris Stapleton won like last year or the year before, and he didn't even put a music out. People just like to oh, vote. He for, did? Yeah, people just like to vote for Stapleton, I, and I don't blame them. But yeah, I feel it's like um, this year not um, included, but like Maddie and Tay would get nominated for duo, and they hadn't put music out in two years. So you know, it's yeah. just sometimes the voting is weird. Okay, all right, but we're the same there. Song okay. of the year. Now this is a songwriter award. So, Bluebird from Miranda Lambert, written by Luke Dick, Natalie Hemby, and Miranda Lambert. That's number one. Okay. The Bones, Marin Morris, Jimmy Robbins, and Laura Veltz. Even Though I'm Leaving by Luke Combs. Songwriters, Luke Combs, Wyatt Durrett, and Ray Fulcher. I Hope You're Happy Now. By Carly Pierce and Lee Bry. Songwriters Luke Combs, Randy Montana, Carly Pierce, and Jonathan Singleton. And finally, More Hearts Than Mine by Ingrid Andrus. Written by Ingrid, Sam Ellis, and Derek Sutherland. So Bluebird the Bones, even though I'm leaving, I hope you're happy now, and More Hearts Than Mine. Go ahead. Definitely a tough one for me because a lot of friends in this category, a lot of songs that I'm like, you know, preference to. I'm going to go with the Bones, though. It's a good one. That's it. Yeah, that's a good. There are four of these five that I can actually see winning. I really can't see. I hope you're happy now winning. (laughs) I was going to ask you, which one do you not see winning? Yeah, (laughs) there's no way. I hope you're happy now wins. Good for them for being nominated. It just wasn't that big of a song. It was a number one, but it wasn't like career defining for anyone. And it took two people to get there. Yeah, that's right. And you know. <laughs> I'm going to go um, Ingrid Andrus, More Hearts Than Mine, because that song was written from a pers- from a perspective I've never heard in a, in a song before. Yeah. Like, it's a love song, but it's a love song not between two people. It's a love song between, she's like, hey, if we break up, okay, well, that sucks, but you're like hurt all my family, too. And I'd never heard that in a song before. That's true. I don't disagree with that. I say the bones, though. The reason why I'm going the bones is because it crossed over and yep. had... Had a hit over in Pop World as well, so huge song. Yep. Again, and then you can argue Luke Combs because he's freaking Luke Combs, and that song's amazing. And then Bluebird by Miranda is her first number one in years. And it, but, but I'm going Ingrid, you're going Marilyn Morris. All right. Okay. All right. We're now to the new artist of the year. You were never nominated for new artist either, Chuck. What the crap? No, I was actually really disappointed in that one. I, I, I Kelsey Ballerini did that one. I would if, if Twitter was hot back then and like all that stuff, I would have been tweeting away. I'm like, why wasn't I nominated? So, but it's fine. did you do you remember the morning like you're waiting, knowing that the nominations were coming out? Yes, I actually. It was uh, Lady Annabellum, James Otto, and myself. We announced all the nominees. <gasps> oh no, you announced and. Them? Yes, and guess what? James Otto was nominated. Lady A was nominated. So I'm like, I'm for sure going to get nominated. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one on stage. I'm like, yeah, let's take a picture of all the nominees. 
And you're like, oh, they're like, everybody who got a nomination, take one step forward. All right. Uh, Chuck. <laughs> no, that sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Okay, here we go. New artist of the year. Uh, Jimmy Allen, Ingrid Andrus, Gabby Barrett, Carly Pierce, and Morgan Wallen. Now, what's interesting is Carly was up last year, too. So this is her second year in a row on being on New Artist of the Year. Um, the rest are, are first-timers. Who do you got? I have Morgan Wallen winning this one. Why is that? Because he's the only artist, I think, not even new artist, uh, when Seven Summers came out, when I go for a run every day, I, I put on the top 50 streamed songs, right? Like, I'm like, what's hot? What's hot right now? And he was up there with all the pop songs. Like, he was, the, he was like number three. And he did that. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a country artist do that. Yeah. I mean, him and Luke Combs are the guys that have just separated themselves in the streaming world. Yeah. I'm picking Morgan Wallen, too, for the same reason that he's just separated himself from all of the All those guys, I had great new artist years. Morgan Wallen had a great year for anybody in the format. Like, just an, am- an amazing year. Um, and I'm also, and I think you'll prob- you may relate to this, is that I'm around country music so much, like the current country music being made, I don't really gravitate to loving a whole lot of things because I'm right in the middle of it. But when I do, I'm like, man, this is so freaking good. And that's how I felt about Morgan Wallen stuff. Yeah. Although Jimmy Allen did do a song with Nelly. That is kind of cool. And Gabby Barrett did one with Charlie Puth. And he did Subway commercials. Come on. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He didn't think about that. All right. Uh, we're both going Morgan Wallen. Yeah, we're, Morgan we're, Wallen. We're pretty similar on most of these. We've got a few more here. Let's do... Right, I'm going to change it up on purpose. Should I change it up on purpose going forward? <laughs> <laughs> Vocal group of the year. We'll play some clips on this one. All right. Up first is Lady Antebellum. Oh, whoa, Lady A. Sorry. There you go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, get it right. I know, I know, I know. What are they again? La- no, I know. We're going to have to edit. I just messed up. I'm apologizing. Okay. Uh, Lady A. There you go. Also up is Little Big Town. Midland is in the vocal group of the year group. Watching cigarettes burn. Old Dominion. And finally, Rascal Flatts. All right, Chuck Wicks, who's your pick for vocal group of the year? Okay. Um, Two part. Old Dominion's going to win. Old Dominion, hands down, is going to win. But really, Rascal Flatts needs to win because they were, I feel like they're going to retire after this year. And if they win, if they win, I think it will keep them together. So I'm going to go with Rascal Flatts. You think if they win, they they go, well, guys, you know, our 793 <laughs> awards didn't really keep us together, but our 794th, I really feel like that's the thing. Yeah, I think they had a rough year. I think everybody lost a lot of money this year or either got fired or furloughed, and they were one of them. So I think uh, <laughs> I think Rascal Flatts should win the awards so they stay together. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm also with you. I'm Old Dominion. This has been their award the last bunch of years. They just put out hit after hit after hit. Although they had to jump off their latest single. They're on a new single now. They had the, a really slow song that I love that, that Thomas Re- and Matthew Ramsey wrote together. Remember what that was called, Mike? Oh, some people do. Some people do. Yeah, it was a little too slow, and I saw they had they were like, "eh, we gotta, you know, start bailing water on this." And they switched their singles up. Mm, well, maybe they should, maybe they don't deserve it then. That's right. <laughs> Wait, <pull it> back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just a few more here. Vocal duo of the year. We have Brooks and Dunn, Brothers Osborne, Dan and Shay, Florida Georgia Line, and Maddie and Tay. Prognostication, please, Mr. Wicks. Dan and Shay. I mean, they're all great, obviously. Brooks and Dunn is the best ever. But Dan and Shay, because Shay, actually, speaking of Brooks and Dunn and Dan and Shay, Shay is the new Ronnie. Go ahead. Because Ronnie Dunn, if Ronnie Dunn was a solo artist to begin with, he would have won every male vocalist of the year. He's like one of the best singers ever. To be fair, yeah. let me stop you for one second. Ronnie Dunn did okay. try as a solo artist and failed. After the fact. Okay, the go fact. ahead. <laughs> so Shay is like that. Shay could win every male vocalist of the year. He's the best singer ever. So Dan and Shay, 
and Dan Smyers is Smyers, right? Mm-hmm. Dan is like a great, great producer. I mean, it's a good act. Good act. I agree. Dan and Shay have separated themselves cleanly from the rest. Uh, however, you know, for what they do, and, and I know they don't have the streams or the crossover, and I'm picking Dan and Shay, but I understand why Brothers Osborne sneaks in and wins sometimes. Or they won a bunch of years in a row before Dan and Shay did, is that what they do is different, it's distinct, it's good, and although it may not get the... Uh, the 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 mainstream country music love, like they have a passionate base, a fan base and a critic base, and so Dan they have a cool factor, and the cool factor when they're not trying to be cool, right? Right. Because you know, some folks try to be cool, and sometimes it comes off cool, sometimes it doesn't. But those guys never try, yet they always seem to be super cool, kind of like yourself, Chuck Wicks. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, let's see. Let's do. Hmm, we'll do two more of these. Album of the year, what you see is what you get, Luke Combs. Heartache Medication, John Party. Never Will, Ashley McBride. Old Dominion, Old Dominion. Or Wild Card, Miranda Lambert. Jeez. Um, I'm going to be honest, this is a tough one for me because I haven't listened to an entire album in a long time. Well, luckily, um, your music opinion doesn't matter. You have to guess what the people's opinions that, that voted do. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like Luke Combs. Yeah, Luke Combs. Yeah. I'm surprised Eric Church is not in this. Yeah. Well, he didn't have a record, a full record, does he? I mean, his new record's know. not out. Right now, there's only a few tracks out, and I didn't put one out last year at all. Okay, Luke Combs, although Old Dominion did do a Cat album this year, which should be up for it. The Meow Mix album didn't make it. I think it was right the sixth. Yeah, right at that line where they cut off the... Yeah. You know, I'm going Luke Combs, too. It just, it, it just did so much better than every other album of country music this year. Um, True. Okay. Uh, and then finally, single of the year, which is the artist, not the songwriter award, but it's like the artist, the producer, the mix engineer. You have I Hope from Gabby Barrett, Beer Never Broke My Heart, Luke Combs, 10,000 Hours, Dan and Shay and Bieber, Bluebird, Miranda, and The Bones, Marin Morris. That's a tough one right there. Real tough. Um, oh, man. I, you know, mm. I'm sorry. Let me go back. I think the industry is going to pick the bones. Wow. Okay. Good. I mean, I have the industry is going to pick Luke Combs. Beer never broke my heart. I mean, I think Luke Combs probably comes away with five awards out of six. I think the only one he doesn't win is Entertainer. And then with that too, I feel like he might. You know? Can you can you imagine being Luke Combs right now? Like he just got married. He's got five, six, seven nominations, and he's got his own Crocs. <laughs> I, know? Can, I know. I know. I can't. And I hadn't thought about that last element of it until you brought it up. So. That's and, right. That's right. Here's the thing about his Crocs, because I had some of them. They sent me some. The thing about Crocs when they're made specialty for folks, it's the same Croc. All they do is put the little nubbins on it. Giblets, I think. Yeah, because my dog ate all the, the, what do you call it, giblets? Yeah. My dog ate all the giblets off my Crocs, and they just like normal Crocs. They're, they don't look like Luke Combs Crocs that my dog ate. They're just, now they're just normal Crocs. Do you wear them all the time? Never. You've never worn them once, like in on purpose? I will wear them if I need to walk in the backyard. But they, mm-hmm. they're just Crocs generally for me. Those big ones aren't the kind of shoes. I like their flip-flops, but I don't really like them with the holes in them. What size shoe do you wear? 11. Oh, I can fit in those. Okay. I'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to send me one. I thought Chuck was going to go, listen, I got the shoe for you. I'm going to send it to you. You're going to love it. <laughs> Instead, he's like, no, oh, can know. I have them? Can I have them? <laughs> uh, we're pretty close to uh, announcing Chuck's deal, right, Mike? Yeah. We won't do it right now because we'll bring Chuck up on the radio show to do that. But we're pretty close to announcing Chuck's deal. As you can see, I like to have him on so you guys can know just how freaking funny Chuck Wicks is. Um, anyway, thanks yeah. for coming on. You can follow Chuck on Instagram. Throw your name out there, Chuck. At Chuck Wicks. Pretty simple. Yeah. It is. Hey, I saw you at a softball game the other night. Were you watching one of your, your daughter's games? Yeah, so I got three bonus daughters. Uh, two of them are in college, but one of them is nine years old, and she's back. We were a little concerned, Bobby, because she said, I don't want to play softball anymore. And then the whole pandemic hit, and there was no softball. But then her best friend at her new school said, oh, my God, we should play softball together. And she said, yes. So we're, like, pumped. We're watching her. She's being athletic. She's doing her thing. We felt normal for a hot second. Um, so it was good. It was good stuff. 
when they play because they're kids and some and I mean are they because I wanted to play softball. I mean, this is a very selfish question. It's the only reason I asked about this because I'm very selfish. Is that I wanted to have a softball team here in town, and I thought I better not. I'm an adult man. I'm gonna have other adults out there who can't play because it just look bad. Even if we don't get sick, I feel like it'll just look bad for me to be running a team. And so I like that sports are playing. I think especially with kids who definitely have stronger immune systems. Are yes. they doing anything at while they play to cover their face, or are they just letting it rip? Uh, they're letting it rip. I, they have signs around the complex because there's like five fields out there, and every single field was taken with you know teams. So a lot of people were out there. They just had signs that say six feet apart. And I saw one person with a mask on. It was actually a kid, um, which I found interesting. She was walking with her mom. Her mom didn't have a mask on, but she did. Um, and then she, no, there was no mask. I mean, and everybody kind of, I don't know. I think we're at a point now with everything that's going on is that we just, we're more aware of things. So yeah. we're, we just are and generally are, are just more careful about what we're doing. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I would go watch a softball game like you did as well. I mean, if it were, cause again, you're outside, you know, yeah. you're not having to be super close, but I bet you it's probably hard for you though, to beat off all the autograph seekers. Like how do you sit on the bleacher when everybody's Trying to paparazzi you and get all the get something signed, you know. You're right, all dude. All them softball moms are after me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, ladies, ladies. My wife's right here, bun in the oven. Okay, we're pregnant. Can't can't touch this. All right. There he is, That's Chuck Wicks much. at Chuck Wicks. <laughs> Chuck, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you for being on the podcast. You got it. All right, dude. see you, man. Bye. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.